Good morning, good morning. This is Aisha Elliott, and this is Black Girl from Eugene. And I have said I would do my best to get back to my regular scheduled programming. Um, and slowly but surely, it will happen. So thank you, everyone who has uh, kept up with me and followed me on Facebook and, of course, Instagram. Uh, also, I want to give a big shout out to my Patreons who have maintained their support financially for me throughout that platform. And it stayed with me for over the last at least two years. And I appreciate you. If you are trying to support this podcast and you'd like to uh, financially support $5 a month, that would be amazing. And you can find it at Patreon dot com uh, forward slash black girl from Eugene underscore one. All right. So, you know, I got out of the habit of dating these podcasts because a lot of what I have to say is pretty much relevant regardless of the time, regardless of the year. It is based in my lived experience, education, research, and um, just the truth telling of living black and predominantly white spaces. So if you haven't been to my podcast before, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, so today, you know, is 2022. Obviously, we are here. Um, I ha it, There's been so much to talk about, you know, with the reversal of Roe versus Wade. Uh, I mean, the police violence, gun violence, the escalation of white supremacy, culture being defended the escalation of the defense um has been you know jaw-dropping to be honest it's not even it's like bad enough that they that you know white supremacy has absolutely uh and is the norm of how we live our life every day black brown and or other um but at the same time like it is just absurd how it it people do not stop um at the 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 what i'm trying the disconnection of white supremacy culture and white bodied people actually not understanding that that has has everything to do with how society has come to what it is today and to try to piece apart white supremacy culture to only be relevant for what makes sense to you is exactly why we are in the situation we are in today. You know, I posted something on Instagram and stating, you know, the thing about racism wasn't wasn't a big enough deal for for folks voting in 2016. White supremacy wasn't a big a deal breaker, you know, for our um for the what seems to be the gate opening to the flood of defense around white supremacy culture in 2016 because racism and white supremacy was not a deal breaker. Here we are not understanding that patriarchy is a part of that too. You know, white supremacy culture, and we cannot emphasize this enough, protects one class of people. It's white cisgendered men. That is all. Obviously, white women fall second to that. 
but really not. I mean, it's men first, men, male bodied people, and then femme bodied people, right? And so the thing is about ownership and capitalism in this country that we don't seem to grasp very well still has everything to do with the ownership of other people. And that includes, you know, the the base of traditionally um, men owning women, white people owning black folks. You know, it, it all goes down in that same manner. Here we are. We thought we had, it was a no-brainer to have a choice on whether or not our bodies produce or don't produce, right? Our bodies birth or don't birth. Our bodies, you know, um, uh, are able to, to express what makes most sense for our own, our own sense of who we are. That we do not have a choice in, right? And that means like people go, oh, well, of course you have a choice. Not if it means violence for my existence. Not if it means death for my expression. That means it's no, there's no choice, right? So that all has to do with our normalization and our, our, of white supremacy culture. Patriarchy is right underneath that. And so I think that people quite have to understand that, you know, if black people... And I start with black people because one, I am black. And two, we are the common denominator and the least respected and least resourced and least with with the people with the least access. Um, And yet there's evidence of our ability to thrive. If you want to know what the fucking problem is, then you ask black people, okay? Not to give you the answer and for you to then switch, turn, and twist it so that white body people are not in the center of the problem. See, because you are in the center of the problem. Because as soon as you negotiate comfort over morality, then you are perpetuating white supremacy. That's how that goes. I'm sorry. When you are privileged, it doesn't really matter when you say no, because you're going to benefit anyway. People are like, oh my God, if I say something, then what will happen? Something might change. So then I have to go into like the need of tradition, right? The need of knowing what comes next and, and that fear of the unknowing. This week, there's a festival, uh, the Oregon Country Fair, which is ridiculously problematic and actually um, straight up racist and straight up um, sexist, right? I won't go as far as directly homophobic, but absolutely, um, again, in the same idea of being completely uh, uh, not willing to go the full nine yards in order to get... um, to, in order to recognize uh, equity and recognize where harm is being done to these marginalized and, and traditionally oppressed communities, right? Traditionally excluded communities. So anyway, I have, I have at least a few friends who um, this festival has been going on for 50 years. 
And so you already know the origins of the of the festival is 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 and I'm air quoting counterculture hippie, straight up hippie uh, counterculture culture festival, and so you already know it was racist to begin with, and and really the idea of racist being like you know at that time you know we're all brothers and sisters I don't see color, um, that kind of liberal uh, bypassing of every situation um, under this umbrella so. It continues, it continues, it continues. Now, don't get me wrong. I definitely, back in the day, attended this fe- this festival thinking that it was really important that there was at least representation of Black folks there. And at least perhaps that we should, I should be able to, you know, teach and show up. Um, I was also a part of the, the diversity committee trying to bring awareness and education um, to how, you know, the issues that were at hand and on top of it, not only the issues that, that were at hand, but how we could perhaps uh, deconstruct. Well, of course, the board of this organization is absolutely against it. All people on that board um, in one way or the other. And I say all people because there are people there who are trying to negotiate and be the middle person between the um, the oppressed group of people and the majority, Right who are trying to find a um, a way to to find a middle ground in some sort. So, like I said, I and in 2022 y'all, there there really at this point is not a middle ground. There is a process and there is definitely a um, spectrum of understanding and how we show up in this work and in the Pacific Northwest. If you're not listening to this from the Pacific Northwest, let me tell you what. In the Pacific Northwest, there they are. There is actually white people who have really, like, truly and truly, no understanding of anti-racism. They just do not grasp it. They've never seen a black person. They've never had to share space with with people who identify as non-binary. They just have not, and that is true even in 2022, where there's small communities here who are are honestly and to the core have no idea what we're talking about. So. It's a very unique space to be in, and it's it's oh, d- Oregon was designed to maintain that type of ignorance, and they've done a fantastic job. So, back to people who are do and recognize what you know Oregon is like, and this ignorance that you know, people who who want to live on that spectrum as if they are um, uh, trying to mediate, you know perspectives of folks who just need to be educated. You have to understand at this point that when we have just lost 50 years of a um of a precedent that 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 gave a whole community of people, birthing people, the right to choose for their own body was actually taken away in this day and age. You quite have to understand that the negotiation of 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 um, the negotiation of civil rights and body autonomy and the negotiation of lived um, terror is is absolutely unacceptable, right? Now, and I'm talking about the people who are, you know, not 
on the spectrum of like, I've never heard of this before. It's the people who absolutely have heard of this before, but are trying to find a loophole so that their comfort is still intact. You know, the people who are attending country fair, and I do have friends that I love that are going to the country fair, even after years, literally two solid years of demonstrative racism um, and belittling and sexism. And um, to be honest, uh, you know, the quieting of LGBTQIA. And they, they want to push forward saying, well, I'm still going to go and represent these marginalized communities. The problem is, the problem is, is that you're not going for free right? You're not going without a cost. You can look at the country fair as a system. You can look at the country fair as systemic. It's an institution. So as long as you are there, people who are ignorant to your plight just see black and brown faces and non-binary bodies. That's what they see. So therefore, there is a permission to be there. And then you are bringing them into a place of straight up harm. But not only that, not only that, you are also buying food while there. Expensive, mind you. You are then taking up space in on land that is has already been uh, denounced by the ind- indigenous people who originally um, occupied that land. Right? They have continuously denounced the usage of the land and the way that it has it has continued to be used. Burial uh, burial plots are there while we dance our their hippie dances and and pray to to whatever uh, you pray to, believing that you are not appropriating someone else's culture. Right? So you're there. You're there trying to be free love and and uh, and accepting while teaching, yet absolutely supporting that it shows up in the same way next year and that you will show up in the same way next year. So this is the problem with tradition, right? So we just think, well, this is the way it goes. This is the way it is. This is what happens. I show up. I try to do my best. I... I can can then morally pat myself on the back and say, you know, I did what I could, you know, and they're just learning. They're just learning. 50 years later, they're still just learning and you're still just showing up. And so, I mean, I'm not going to shame anyone because like I said, I have friends that go and they're still, they're wrestling with it every day, you know, but yet they're packing up and, and getting their $500 that they can survive off of, um, you know, so they can eat their food and go to the the Ritz that is that is wildly inappropriate with um, appropriated and and really fusion designs of 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 indigenous um, art that literally that has nothing to do with uh, with any culture in particular and is absolutely appropriated uh, in uh, in the fashion of which it's presented. So I mean, you know, it's just you can't really do this. And then do that, right? And so it's not saying that when people go that they're not, you know, split in morality. But you do have to understand that the comfort in the tradition that we have, you can't really split that, right? It's okay that you're on a spectrum of understanding, but you have to be transparent about where you're at. There is absolutely a line that you are willing to not cross, based on tradition, 
based on comfort, based on commercialism, based in capitalism, based in whatever you want to believe makes more sense than d than deinvesting like uninvested take taking the money out and creating something else and the thing is is that i understand that there's not everyone that can create i get it i get it but the problem is is that you do spend your money in places that continue to create other spaces that continue to oppress you understand so in that comfort that you have while trying to maintain that tradition that you've always done since you were a little bitty person, right? Once you knew better, you chose to not do better. Matter of fact, what you chose to do is try to negotiate your right to that comfort and still have a caveat to showing up in a in a in what you would want to believe is a moral investment to anti-racism. And I get it. I do get it. Right? Like I struggle with capitalism all the damn time. I struggle with capitalism. You know? I like getting my nails done. I like getting my hair done. Right? And then when I look back to how what the systems are and the shampoos that they use and how it goes back, it's horrible. It's horrible. Right? I'm not saying that one person is better than the other. I'm just saying it's about time that we have to reinvest. We have to really get real about where we are, you know, and how and how much we are absolutely stand, how much we are standing behind our words and our moral um, uh, investment to somebody else's experience. Right. So it's really hard if it's not you. And, you know, okay, fair enough, I guess. But, I mean, you know, as a black person, as a black femme-bodied femme person, as a mother, as a grandmother, um, and my grandchildren are biracial, black and white, right? As an educator, as a facilitator, as an executive advisor, I have to say, you know, there has to be real strong moves in order to break down a system, right? There has to be non-negotiable financial impact for these systems and organizations that refuse to acknowledge their real damage, their real impactful damage to to uh, communities that are traditionally exploited. And that are traditionally uh, excluded, right? I mean, you realize the people who go out there and say, hey, I'm going to fight for the right to be here. That's what they're doing low key. They're not, I mean, the people who are actually fighting for the right to be there, right? They, w- they, are, they are being kicked out, right? They're being, they're being um, um, you know, led to the to the gates they're being swept because they're too loud they're not with the crowd they're not within the guidelines because they're fighting those who are within the guidelines i mean they're negotiating and i'm just saying i'm just tired of negotiation i think most people and i don't know that like i said the verbal podcast just the audio podcast um have been lacking lately and again i apologize for that um, but I am moving out of the country 
for several different reasons, I'll still be working within this country because obviously we need to uh, continue the work and I need to continue the work. Um, this podcast was developed and created for in, in the thought, in the, in the mindset of, of being something that was a release and a practice of, um, of self-awareness so that I could speak truth without the fear of retaliation and without the thought of how white folks uh, may uh, want to police what I have to say. And I was going to say it the way I felt like it needed to be said. I don't edit. I let it go. And it lands however it lands. And white folks, um, the only white folks on this podcast have been allies. So uh, that I deem to be allies. And everyone else is invited to listen um, listen from uh, from afar to hear what the realities are of not only my life and, and which is absolutely reflective of other people of color um, living in predominantly white spaces, 110%, but also the, the lives and experiences of my guests that I bring in um, and that uh, ask to be on and are, are warmly welcomed to join me in these conversations. So that's definitely um, what you're getting in this moment. Um, like I said, I, I am not free of what I am stating out loud. This has been a journey of understanding, of self-awareness, and being able to speak my true mind and being able to, to uh, be critical of what I thought I understood and what I have discovered since then. And the thing is, is that I love having support and I love having, um, you know, people who say with their fist up, you know, amen, sister, yes, 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 and all of that. But then when it comes down to like that one thing that you love so much, and it's either me or them, me meaning that the community which I represent, not me myself, but, you know, talking about the, the murders that we are, we are witnessing of brown children and black bodies and black men and black women and, and, Folks from the LGBTIQ community and the non-binary, all of those, in that moment, it just becomes something to talk about, right? And that's pretty gross, honestly. Like it just becomes what we talk about. You know, the more that we, the more that um, the Democratic Party and the liberals and the progressives talk, the more we just show how intellectually um, stimulating that this is it's almost like intellectual masturbation like it's just like let's talk about it let's let's get deeper let me show you how many books i've read and how many what understanding i have oh god the deep compassion i have for these people dot 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 right there's no action and you don't have to be somebody who goes and runs out onto the uh into the uh protest i don't protest i don't protest because i have ptsd from when i was beaten down by eugene police department that's why i don't protest but this is my form of protesting i teach businesses how to integrate anti-racism that's a form of protest believe that right I teach people who don't understand, who've never heard. Education at this point, in this day and age, is absolutely revolutionary if it's whole. I mean, you know, you can protest by not taking your money to organizations that have, have um, openly 
pronounced their lack of understanding and or investment into the work. You can absolutely find businesses that don't do that. Grant Grantees and grantors, you do not have to accept money from organizations that don't value anti-racism and or inclusion. You're letting the money drive you? I mean, question mark, question mark, question mark. You don't think that there's organizations across the country that are black-led? You don't think that they're successful enough to collaborate with? Are you f- afraid of your racism that it will come out when talking to someone where you just can't be transparent and say, you know what, I'm new to this, I'm learning what has been going on, and I'm disgusted and I want to do better, so this is what I'm reaching out. This either, these are, this is what I have to offer. Is it any help to you at all? Tell me how I can be of, of service, right? You know, it's incredible it's incredible how discomfort and fear will allow you to negotiate the death of other communities. This is not dramatic. People are dying. You're witnessing it. You're watching it, reading the books, and intellectually masturbating to it. Like, I don't understand. But I do understand. I get it. I do get it. And that's what's gross. That, that's, a, that's a problem for me, right? The fact that I get it. You know, we're all negotiating white supremacy culture and it has been so fantastically laid out in our lives that we don't even know how to let go of it. It's an extremely pervasive, abusive relationship. So as I sit here on my porch, you can probably hear the birds. Um, You know, it's Sunday morning and I'm rushing to get this podcast out, you know, so that it can go and be heard on KEPW. Uh, our local radio station here before the the deadline. Um, who knows if I'll actually make it. But I just wanted to, to put some more thought into this idea of how we are not embodying the change and how what, and I'm, and I'm asking to explore within yourself, what really blocks that embodiment for you? What tenets you know, what characteristics of our normal behavior really does support white supremacy. And trust me, you don't have to be white to try to support this system. But you have to understand as we, as black and brown bodied people support the system, right, we'll never get to the point where we are accepted by the system. But white folks, you know, they do. They do. And they are. And they are accepted by the system and they can negotiate and they can go back and forth more, uh, more uh, morally. They can go back and forth with their investment because that's where privilege lies, right? And, you know, so this is, this is definitely a challenge. And I want to say, you know, two and three times again, I'm not judging anybody who has a hard time letting go of their tradition. I'm not judging you. I just want you to be aware of it. And while you're aware of it, I want you to see that, you know, what could you have done? Maybe even one step to try to deconstruct, right? To try to, to stop that, that knee-jerk reaction, that band-aid of like someone has to show up, right? Because no one has to show up. Your money should be going elsewhere. That's my two pieces. That's my two cents, right? You don't. You don't. In 2022, the argument has been made. Okay, the argument has been made. It's time to de, de uh, to um, reinvest in something different, 
because the system, the organizations and the things that we believe to be struggling have, have made their point, right? They've made their point that they don't plan on changing. The struggle is, was, was, you know, two years ago. You know, pe- people are, are dropping their books and saying, what, I'm in grief. I didn't realize I was a part of the system. Give me a moment to grieve. I get that. I'm down for that. But that grieving, just like anything else, you know, it can't be a year. It can't be two years. It can't be three. Sometimes, some, at some point, you're going to have to do something different. At some point, you're going to have to do, do something different. And if you're not going to do something different, then you have to at some point realize that you are refusing to change. And whatever that means and whatever that is, that's up to you. I'm just the person who, who absorbs the consequence. I represent a community that absorbs the consequence. And, you know, for black folks living in predominantly white spaces, this is a difficult space to be in. It's a, different, a difficult in-between spot, right? Because we also have to survive. Got to go to work. Got to talk to these people next day, right? So I get it. I get it. But you know, hey, this is a black girl from Eugene. I'm just going to say what I believe. I'm going to say what my experience is. And I'm going to say what I know to be true. Right. You know, perhaps it's not true for you, but, you know, um, look around. Look around. It's true. (laughs) I'm not I'm not making it up. It's flat out the facts. Right. So anyway, uh, I will be leaving this country in the end of August and I will be not missing not one single part of it. However, as I said, we all struggle, you know, with our own investments into anti-racism. We all struggle with our commercialism, you know. So I definitely look at, you know, when I'm in Costa Rica, when I'm in, you know, uh, South America, when I'm in Belize or anywhere, you know, you always go, oh, I, I missed this thing. Oh, I, I really wish it was this thing, right? So we struggle no matter where we go. I struggle with going uh, to Central America and watching Central Americans fall all over themselves to try to be more aligned with whiteness. You know, I struggle watching black, uh, you know, folks move to different countries, um, resembling the the very life that they thought that they were leaving. You know, uh, uh, replicating the very life and the very expectations that they that they state that they are leaving. You know, I struggle. I struggle with it myself. And of course, there's an airplane that's flying over. So I had to pause for a second to let that airplane go by. Um, so anyway, it's a lot going on in this world that is complicated. Nothing is either or. I think I say this every day in my trainings and lectures. You know, nothing is either or. It's all both and. You know, we have to focus on more of a relational culture. And that takes more time. It's not, you know, the biggest money maker until it does. And the fact of it is, is we can't just create over what we've already have. We have to deconstruct what is here. You have to let it go in order to pick something up. Right? You can't you can't pick anything up if your hands are full of bullshit. You gotta drop the bullshit, wash your hands, take your time and pick up something new. And we never know what it looks like. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage to do something that you've never seen before, right? 
But I mean, I don't know when it comes to the cost of, of the life of, you know, a six year old, the life of a 10 year old, a life of an of a woman or a femme bodied person who just wants to choose to live. I mean, I don't know. Right. What's most important for you? I guess a lot of people struggle with that concept. I know it's not that simple. Just I, I realize that. But I think we've been in a space for the last two years since, you know, 2020 came raining down on us that um, the universe is asking us to consider it. Right. Consider how we are all one one um, entity on this earth and that, you know, without one, the other doesn't really survive. Like we we're all tied into each other's well-being and into each other's survival. Honestly, white supremacy is not you're not surviving it. I mean, I hope you don't think the people who are listening to white folks think that you are, you know, the privilege is a good thing. The privilege is killing y'all. You you realize that, I hope. You know, mass shooters, predominantly white men, y'all have got a problem. There's an issue there. And because of privilege and white supremacy, we can't even face it or or discuss it openly. Mental health, problem. White supremacy says so. You know, can't discuss it. Can't Can't accept it. You have to be radical or self-care. And all of this stuff. And I say self-care with a super uh, air quote around it because I think we've gone a little a little into making it trendy. You know, self-care isn't easy. Self-care isn't like spas. That, it, that's not the only thing self-care is, right? You know, and I, I mean, I guarantee you people are so wound up a day at the spa doesn't do anything. <laughs> it does. It takes about a, a, a pinch of the edge off when you have to walk back out into the world and be a target you know so it's it's that quick and easy it's that quick and easy uh solution that we really got to get past you know we really got to get past it because what i'm talking about and what the world needs is not quick nor is it easy and yet it is absolutely essential and i just want to remind you of that none of us are above it but any of us who are, who are doing something hard, you know, who are doing something difficult to, to change the traditional ways that we show up in the world and, what, and, and looking at what we used to believe or what we thought was real, when we realize it was never beneficial and that perhaps we fell for it in the past, that, that hurts right that hurts but as soon as we know it we got to we got to let it be what it is as soon as you start making you know uh reasons and 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 uh excuses for why we didn't know we're we're in def- we're in a defensive mode it's a part of the grief at some point you have to let it go and just know they got us we're not going to, they not, get me, tw- you know, that was that saying, get me once, you know, shame on me, shame on you, get me twice, shame on me. I mean, you know, we've been here before, y'all. We've been here before and it does not have to go the same way as it has in the past. It does not. We are more 
informed, and more connected globally than we have ever been in the history of mankind. It does not have to go the same way as it has always gone. You know, this tradition does not have to continue. So anyway, enjoy your week. I'm going to do my damnedest to come back next week um, and try to get back onto the schedule. Next week is the anniversary of my mother's passing. Um, I feel strong somehow, but who knows what that will bring. Um, And most likely I will be hopefully uh, able to share um, my perspective in my day and my life and how we are, how it's unfolding in my move to Central America. So uh, this, this concept of Black Girl from Eugene is global, and I will be taking y'all with me if you feel like coming, if you feel like coming along on the journey, joining me on that journey, um, I will see you here. And of course, follow me on Instagram, Black Girl from Eugene, and I'll talk to y'all again soon. Enjoy the rest of your week. Ciao now.